or the year leading up to uh, the show, he was trying it a little bit, you know. He tried to kiss me one time, was it once? Twice. And I had to remind him that he was married. That I was like, you are not putting that tongue in my mouth. You are n- this is not going to happen. Absolutely not. He was married to Melania, right? Ugh, yes. Like, uh-uh. Yes, those lovely orange <laughs> lips. Decadence. No. Have you seen her on a, have you seen that woman on Instagram? The Which decadence one? lady that I, talks about it. She's probably. like she's like describing stuff really slow, these all these food videos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. the only thing I can yes. think of is just those orange lips falling uh, up on mine. I feel like there's something new every day coming out and it's, it's like, decadence. why just I don't even know. Definitely a mess. I do want to talk about that on today's show because Okay. That's definitely right here in this Halloween season when we're talking about scary things and <laughs> scary, all kinds spooky, of spooky shenanigans. Spooky so, yeah, so we need to talk about that. All right. Um, there's also a lot to talk about in regards to politics. Yes, we're going to talk about Ice Cube. Um, we want to review some Housewife stuff. Yes. As well as the crazy Tony nominations. Yes. So let's get into all of that here right after the intro. Let's get into this. Welcome, pop stars. Hey. We're here with another episode. Hey, everybody. It's me, Trent Rashad. And I'm Marcus Drew Steele. And you're listening to Cold Pop. Yes, and there's a lot going on. <laughs> always. There's always a lot going on, yes. a lot that we need to talk about. Um, first first things first, um, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. We uh, What's this new look? Talk to me about this new look that we are rocking. <laughs> I feel like you snuck, took a picture of me first off, and I don't appreciate it. I it, didn't take any photos of you. It better not end up on social media. It might. Mm. I, I didn't take any photos of you. I really didn't. Okay. I, there's no I just wanted look. to ask you like what this is about. And this is what we call multitasking. This is how you're showing up to work. This is called uh, when you have to do a podcast and wash your hair at the same time. Oh, okay. Cool, so cool, that's what cool, we're cool. doing. We're in the deep conditioning phase. So we got it. We we looking good. Okay. I um, support all kind of hair journeys. And <laughs> I'm definitely going to be in support of yours. Thank um, you. During this time of transition. Thank you. Ain't no transition. It's just a weekly hair wash. Oh, okay. I, yeah. But today's not your wash day. I know. It's because I was at work yesterday. So I didn't have a chance to wash my hair yesterday. Oh, okay. Or okay. on Thursday. Excuse me. Right. Let's let's get it together. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. All right. So, what? Talk to me about the weekend. Like what? Well, happened? no, you tell me. We went to um, the Lincoln Park Zoo for what was it? Lincoln Park Lights. I don't even know what it was called. First off, it's called Zoo, zoo Lights, Lights or yeah. something. Like, it's not Zoo Lights though. That is like the Christmas version. Oh, that's true. This was Zoo Nights, I guess you could call it. Gotcha. I love that we're just making up this name, but we basically, really somehow, <laughs> this is how I know that people are getting actually antsy in the house surrounding COVID. Just go just out to anything to get out because we would have never went to an event never. like that ever if things were actually as in, is going in, on. Yeah. So. We got invited to this event by our friend who wanted to go to the zoo at night on a weekend 
um, to go look at animals. Allegedly. <laughs> but when we get there, no and there were supposed to be like lights too. We were told that there were going to be lights and it was going to be kind of set up really nice and something right. to walk around. Now, I've been to zoo lights during the Christmas holiday Oh, absolutely. Holiday Me too. Time. It's very lit. I've done that. That's really nice. It's cute. Yes. It's a fun little date. This thing that we were at last weekend, I have no clue what was going on. I didn't know if they were setting up for zoo <laughs> lights that down. were happening or, were they, or if they were breaking down. down. Right. Like, did we just get there too late? Right. What happened? There were no animals. None. We got to see um, some flamingos. And, and some, some ducks. ducks. <laughs> but there were no animals Oh, we anywhere. saw a zebra. Remember? We saw a zebra. Yes, we did see it. We happened to catch a zebra and as they deer. were retiring for the evening. And those deer like, that look like rabbits. We were like, hey, zebra, zebra. And the zebra's like, baby, I just clocked out. Zebra like, had his bonnet on. <laughs> like, I am about to go to the house. I just clocked out, honey. Y'all going to have to come back later. <laughs> and that's, yeah, once again, that's how I knew that we were just going to stuff just to be somewhere, just to go somewhere. But despite all of that, it was fun. It was fun to just was see it? everyone safely outdoors i could have saw y'all at the house have a couple drinks but the idea was just to get out of the house right what this told me is that i'm going to just be i'm going to ask more questions and i really need to kind of push people to give (laughs) me the full lay of the land uh before before going okay that's that's fine because they definitely got my five. I wanted my money back, but I was. I said I'm not going to be that girl. It was five dollars. Okay, but once again, it was five dollars, and there were no animals, no lights. People were packing up. I to think go we just home. got there late. I don't think so. I think we got there late. It says it ended at what, like nine? Yeah, we didn't get there till like seven thirty. Okay, so hello. So and it started at missing? six. Started... But anyway, so okay. That was that. Um, just asking, just telling myself to ask a lot more questions. You do that. Yeah. What else is going on with you? Uh, other than that, this is about it. I'm currently making my way through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe from start to finish in order, in like timeline order. And I think I just finished watching Doctor Strange. And so we're about to start. Uh, well, I forget which one is next. Child, um, wait, when, when have you been watching this stuff? Uh, for the past couple of weeks, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, that and then I'm also obviously... The only thing I've seen you watch is The Parkers. Yes, that's what I was getting ready to say. I'm also starting season three of The Parkers. I've made it through the first two seasons. I also need to get back on track with Sister Sister. I'm in season two of Sister Sister, so we're moving right along. Congratulations. Thank I'm glad you. You're Thank making you. your way through that. What are you watching? Everything. Um, I, Yeah, I'm watching a lot of new stuff. So I am like really kind of going through a lot of different... Um, Different kind of genres. Um, this week, I did a deep dive into HBO's The Vow. Who's in that? Um, so, The Vow's actually a docuseries. Um, it's not a drama. It's a docuseries okay. um, that covers the um, the cult slash sex oh, cult yeah. of Nexium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, right. for those who don't know, Nexium was a was it like kind a sex of a, cult? So it, it it is actually we'll get there, but okay. uh, the vow it's it talks about Nexium and its um, founder Keith Raniere and how he started this kind of self help um, this self help program. Nexium kind of started out I think in northern New York and really made its way across the country very quickly. A number of these executive success programs started opening up all over the country, even some in Mexico. Okay. Um, 
and had a lot of people coming in and kind of either endorsing it uh, or endorsing Keith, the the founder, and uh, people like the Dalai Lama, right. um, a number of celebrities wow. and actresses and uh, movie stars started to kind of endorse this, and then this documentary or this docu series kind of follows the whole blow up of it. Within this, there was started to be a um, one of those subset groups that we I just talked about called DOS, which was a um, subset group for women, and really had some cult like mm-hmm. <laughs> some cult like behavior. So girls had to count calories um, and had to ask for permission to have certain foods. Um, had to refer to as uh, some people as master. Right. They were referred to as slaves. Um, there is a branding portion of it where the girls were being branded in their pubic area um, with Keith's initials. What? Um, it's what? Ver- okay. it's, it's <laughs> very interesting to see Whoa. how all of this kind of came Whoa. about and how it was um, kind of just blew up. You know, it blew up. And a number of people who had been a part of this program for years and years on end, I mean, some even for decades, um, started to kind of unravel and, and, and unfold. So I'm not quite finished with it yet. I'm going to have to watch but this. But it's very, it's a very interesting tale um, just about compliance and um, the want or need to be a part of something, I guess. That's what, I mean, that's kind of like what I'm seeing through this. Um people who just kind of wanting to be a part of something wanted to be part of something bigger and larger but it's it, yeah okay i'm gonna have to watch definitely this. blowing know. my mind so deval was uh really good you know i love documentaries so. yeah i'm also watching ratchet oh okay uh which is good have you started that at all nope not yet really really uh great acting performances uh-huh. um some really strong acting performances i want to shout out uh sophie okinato yes um who Everyone's i remember from her. hotel rwanda that's really what i remember yeah, her i from. remember her from that. um she's been in a lot she's yeah she's done a lot she's yeah. a popular british actress but she's i mean rocking it out but there's a lot of um interesting things with uh ratchet as well so nice making my way through that Oh, also, we watched Dolly Parton's documentary, so that was interesting. You more so watched it. Yeah. I kind of popped in and out. Yeah. Um, it was good. Interesting. It yeah. was good. Um, one of the greatest songwriters ever. Uh, she's written, though. what they said, she's written over 3,000 songs or something like that, so that was cool. Uh, and I just also want to give a quick shout out to Onika Mirage, who had her baby. Yeah. So congrats to her. No, no word yet on the name. Or any pictures of the baby I, that may have changed since we've recorded this, but shout I don't out know to if them. it's going to change because there was. I mean, she recently took to Twitter today because there were there was a photo that was circulating oh, was and fake. a name that was circulating, and yeah. she's like, "Wow, this is not my child. This is not. <laughs> it's not his name. Like, please get." Please get somebody's baby off the internet. Right. Like, please do stop. This is somebody's baby. That. Like, stop circulating yeah. this. Um, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it's gonna change. And I'm really here for it. Like, I anonymity. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm really here for it. Like, there's no need and there's not a rush. Like, take the time to be a mom and enjoy your little one. Um, right. Nikki, congratulations to you. 
Okay, well, uh, that's all I've got. You got anything else? I want to shout out Cynthia and Mike. Oh, yeah. um, Who got married uh, last week. I guess. Um, so, shout out to the Hills. Uh, it was nice. It was really nice. I, I said but it was nice like I was there. I was like, it was nice like I was there. <laughs> the photos looked very nice. Um, I'm excited to kind of see them take, you know, this step. Because I watch Housewives of Atlanta, and so you kind of get to see a little bit uh, their courtship and all of that. Um, 200, over 200 guests, though? Cynthia, you know what? I I have to go back and say this, though. Inside, I think indoors. it's important. I think it's important to know, okay? So, Cynthia, when she got married to Peter, uh-huh. had to, like, she didn't, she had this, like, dream wedding plan that she had and in she her mind. Have it, yeah. And she couldn't have it because right. of, they had to close bar one and there was a lot of financial stuff. Right. So she had to pull back a lot. Um, and I think that this was her second chance at getting that dream wedding. Um, during a pandemic, I don't know if this was the best time. Could we have waited? Maybe. Could I want to think outdoors? so. Um, but I'm glad that they were able to do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, well, let's go on and hop into our next segment that we like to call Woo Chow. Uh, why don't you start us off with You what go you ahead have. and start, actually. Well, I'm actually. You have some good stuff. <laughs> I'm still trying to get some research done to present to the audience. So, why don't you go ahead and start this Okay, well, this off. I'll, I'll start off because the first thing that I really do want to talk about um, is this Mr. Sam Smith. Okay, what's he doing? So, Sam, who we all know and love as kind of, and some have regarded as kind of like the male Adele, um, is now selling uh, tickets for his live uh, live music event. So, Sam Smith Live at Abbey Road Studios uh, is going to be taking place on October 30th, uh, Friday, October 30th. And it's going to be a virtual event. It's going to be a live stream event, which he's doing a number of his songs, some of his new music, some of his old music, um, and exciting stuff. And so with this, this live stream is happening and their, their tickets are being sold. Now, I want you to hear these ticket prices. Okay. Okay. And you stop me when we get to a moment that makes you feel uncomfortable. Okay. Price wise. Price-wise, whatever-wise, okay? Okay. So with this being a virtual event, it clearly states before you purchase the ticket, you will need the ability to stream audio and video, okay? A link with the details on how to join will be emailed to you one hour before the event, okay? Okay, this sounds so, sketchy already. So live stream ticket, 13 bucks. You just get access to the live stream, okay? okay? Live stream ticket and poster, okay? Uh-huh. $32. Access okay. to live stream and exclusive poster, Okay. Okay. Live stream ticket VIP ticket. Access to the live stream. Exclusive signed poster. Commemorative set list. Which I don't know what that could I don't, be. Yes. Yeah, so um, a set list on a piece of and paper. And it says you also get some rehearsal footage. Okay. $245.50. That's a from thirteen to thirty. How do we get to two hundred? So this was actually sent to me by one of our listeners. Oh, okay. Yeah, and was like, "What's going on? <laughs> What's going on with Sam Smith?" Um, and two hundred and forty-five dollars for once again a virtual event that you're going to experience from your house on your 
laptop on your cell phone. With your snacks and your okay. cable, your electricity. Can we get into $245? Sam, what are you selling? <laughs> your outlets. Sam, do you have some like tax money that you need to try to make up? Like, what's going on, Poppy? Like, $245? You jumping from $32 to $245 for a virtual event. <laughs> I mean, does this sound crazy? I mean, am I... Am I in Manhattan or am I on Staten Island? <laughs> like, okay, who was that, Bob? That was Bob. Yes. But, like, <laughs> wait, like, I, I'm so confused. Now, this is my question. This is my question because, obviously, they think someone is going to purchase I'm this. sure there will be people I'm who sure purchase that, it. Exactly. I'm, I'm definitely sure that there will be some people that will me. purchase this ticket and not even bat an eyelash. But I don't want a setting precedence... Because if somebody I like, even if Beyonce herself told me stream event for $245, I'm going to have to catch that later. I mean, but Beyonce has a history of like expensive tickets, though. Expensive tickets, but you're there in person and you are seeing her perform. Now, we know Sam Smith is not about to do anything but sit up there and sing. I mean, he's probably going to dance, are. Now, y'all cannot see my face, but I'm not paying to see Sam Smith dance nowhere, okay? I wouldn't pay Sam Smith to see Sam Smith do the hokey pokey, but this is what I'm trying to figure out. Okay. Like, $245, what would warrant a $245 ticket for a virtual streaming event? If it was like 3D virtual reality, like you put on a headset and it, it immersed yourself like you were at the concert. Nobody's like doing spin that, around. No. Right. I would just settle for the $13 ticket and call it a day. This is... I mean... No, I mean, yeah, there's... I mean, clearly. But this doesn't even make me... I don't even want to buy the $13 ticket now. <laughs> I would buy the $13 ticket and have my own setup and whatever. Like, I don't need the poster. I don't need the behind-the-scenes footage. Exclusive signed poster. Like, are you being serious? Yeah, like, I'm, I'll pass. Thanks, And commemorative though. set list. Like, that's nothing but... What is a, a commemorative set list? It's a set list on some, on some nice parchment paper <laughs> and sold to you. That's it. Like, and probably some desi- graphic designs on it. That's are we trying? It. Like you are really pushing it here, Sam. And I think that you definitely need to take a step back with your accountant or whoever um, told with you your to team. Use, or your team to whoever told you to put these prices out there because this is ridiculous. But chow, definitely. Um, okay, so my first one is one that you've actually turned me on to. Um, you've okay. given me the crash course. Real Housewives of Potomac. Mm, Let's okay. talk about the aftermath of this fight between Monique and what's her name? Candace. Candace. Uh, first off, what well, do you... people need to know that there was a fight? Like, can you share that? Oh with yeah, them? yeah. So basically, uh, I guess now, as the time of this recording, a couple of episodes ago, by the time this comes out, a couple of episodes ago, they were at some kind of like cabin event get together. So they were at a winery. Okay, yeah, and they were. Talking amongst themselves, and then Monique and Candace started to kind of have some words back and forth. And, you know, it started off with, like, yeah, uh, you know, little jabs, little jabs here and there. But, you know, the jabs turned into swings. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, the words started to get a little hurtful, and they started kind of moving closer and closer towards each other. They were, like, on opposite sides of this, I guess, island, standing island or bar or whatever. I don't know what it's called. And, you know, uh, Candace said some words to Monique. 
uh, just, I, I don't even know really what they were arguing about. Yeah. But then Monique started to like flip Candace's hair and kind of like mock her a little bit. And then Candace said some slick words to kind of like egg on Monique. The yeah. next thing you know, hair's being pulled and it's a full on fight. And then the girls are having to be pulled apart. Uh, and then note to the aftermath. Now Candace, we're in the, the part of the storyline where Candace is pressing charges against Monique and wanting to send her to jail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what do you think about this, just the whole altercation and like the after post aftermath and how everyone is choosing to deal with this? It's really interesting because I think Monique Samuels here in this situation initially was in the wrong at the very first situation at the very at the site of the incident right in the room where it happened she did put her hands um, on she candace. put her hands on candace candace yes. was just you know and anyone who's seen these real housewife shows there is a lot of back and forth a and lot we've of seen words in almost every franchise there's just back and forth back and forth back and forth back and forth and in some cases you know that's just adding to the drama. That's part right. of the filming, right? So, like, we're going to do this back and forth. But for some reason, for Monique, it it escalated to She's this point enough. of where we're going to put now hands on Candace. Yes. And who, anyone who has seen the show knows little Candace, um, I can't, her last name, I cannot remember what her last name is, but um, little Candace against Monique um, already is not going to be a, a a fair fight, right? Well, okay, but, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because what I... <laughs> what? I feel like I'm going to be Ashley, because I feel like what you're doing is, like, you're painting this picture. You're what words mean things, and you said little Candace, and you. I feel like what you're doing is... Candace you're trying is to paint, tiny. But you're trying to paint Monique out to be, like, this huge, ginormous person who just pummeled Candace, and it's like... Well, no, I mean, I'm not saying that. I mean, like, and Kent, and Monique is not, like, a big woman. Right, she's But she's not. definitely, she's definitely larger than Candace. She's, she's a, maybe, a, like, an inch or so taller than Candace. She's not, like, I don't think, extremely So, I don't big. think so. I think that she is actually, I think she's bigger than Candace. Yeah, I, no, yeah. noticeably larger that. than Candace. Yeah. Um, but, what I was, I, and I, I'm not trying to, like, paint a picture here, but what I'm saying is, is that, you know, that back and forth, it's part of the show, and it's supposed right. to end at that. That's where it's supposed to stop. And Monique has seen it um, go to that level uh, many times with lots of other girls in the group. And now, other franchises. On the other, on the other side of it, now let me move to okay. Candace. Okay? okay. One of the things that I've noticed about Candace in her time on the show is that her mouth Gets does her get her in trouble a lot. Absolutely. I see Candace kind of like a little chihuahua. <laughs> and she kind of just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. And she really goes to hit for like that jugular. Something that you is really going to get a um, reaction out of the opponent. Right. right? So the, I want to go. Okay. I ahead. also want to go back to a couple of seasons before uh-huh. where Candace lost her cool. Candace lost her cool. In, an, in a um, back and forth between Ashley Darby, her and Ashley Darby, right. in which Candace actually threw a knife oh, at no. Ashley. Threw a dinner knife. They were at home. They were at Candace's home and threw a knife at Ashley. Okay? Uh-huh. Now, I will say from that, there were no charges pressed. Okay? From there Ashley. Was, there was Ashley pressed. No charge. There was, no, there was not a conversation. I mean, there were conversations. They got beyond it or whatever, and the ladies resumed filming. But there was no charges pressed or filed after that. Okay, that's where it stood. We're going to move on. 
now that we're at this place with Monique and Candace, I really do feel as though this this charging this pressing of charges is for TV. I think so. This I'm is saying. all for TV. Absolutely. I for the longest, I thought that there was something in the contracts of all the housewives that said that you cannot press charges on you cannot sue anyone. Um, Any other cast member on the show? Yeah, on, on the show. Yeah. And so I thought that that was always just like a part of the contract to kind of help protect and kind of stop from from it going to this place. Um, Candace is allowing her mom to gas her up. Mm-hmm. Okay, absolutely. Um, and getting into this this well, the authorities are going to handle and do what needs to be done. Girl, okay, calm down. <laughs> yeah. So yes, so yes, you did get embarrassed. Right, you got you got embarrassed on TV. Monique had you looking crazy. You got up from that table looking like a nest. Okay, your hair looked like a nest for a you know for a robin or any. I mean, for any you know. She did look a little yeah. She her wig was tattered. Okay, her wig was tattered in between the two. Yeah. Um. But what I what I am really having a hard time here with is the fact that the ladies are not trying to dead this or end this. Yeah, so that, okay, so see, that right there is where my problem lies, and this is where I want your specific opinion on, because the one thing I don't really understand is they've gone to Monique and, like, yeah, girl, you were wrong, but like, doop do 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 I'm going to still be your friend and support you. But still at the same time, literally going behind Monique's back and, and hyping up Candace, talking about, girl, I would have pressed charges, charges too. I would have pressed yeah, charges. Yeah, I would have pressed like, charges girl, the day like, of. So, like, and so you guys like said to me, that, that's dirty. You guys said that, and now that charges are being pressed, now everybody it's like, wants to backtrack. Oh, no, who said that? Everybody wants to backtrack and <laughs> yeah. like, oh, no, well, we don't want that to happen to yeah. Monique. But you we already don't. said that. Like y'all, y'all have to kind of be able to. That's the fakery out on. You get number one. You need to be Switzerland or be out of it, right? Or pick a side, or just kind of be real about yeah. it. That's what I'm saying. Like, be completely real. Yeah. Y'all both were in the wrong, and that's where it's at. And I feel like that that's the place now that the ladies are getting to of like, okay, y'all both were in the wrong. Right. Let's just move on. But all of that. I would have pressed charges. I'm not going to talk to That's you. I'm going to bring security to this yeah, meeting. Like, like that. A lot of that is just TV. a mess. I'm hoping that this 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 whole charges filing and stuff is just right now for the sake of the show, um, and that nothing actually really does happen to Monique. Same. The only the last thing I'll say on this is that yes, I agree with you that Monique was in the wrong. But on the flip side, and I say the same thing about the Portia and Kenya situation. If you're bold enough to do these actions and say these words, you've got to understand that you're going to make somebody react. So if you're going to egg someone on to the point of reacting like that, you better be able to back it up. I mean... Because you can't yes. sit here and like throw a, throw a bullhorn in somebody's face or a fan, a la Portia and Kenya, or you can't say mean things about somebody else and walk towards them. You know, she didn't stay away from Monique. She walked towards Monique. There was a table in between them. There was a table, but she walked to the table. She could have left the room. She could have done yeah. anything, but she walked to the table because she was ready for that confrontation, which means you have to be ready for whatever reaction happens. Right, but also <laughs> with that, Marcus, like you have to remember, 
they are filming a it's a TV it, show. Right. So you've got this is a TV show. So so yes. this is not a um this is not reality. Is, yeah, we are not in the real <laughs> this, this is, not, is not real life, you know. In any that. other situation, yes. That probably yeah, you get you need to be ready and to be yeah. kind of but it's probably the producer. All of these cameras are sitting around. Like yeah. we are clearly filming a scene. We're filming this scene. Yes. Let's. You're my scene partner in this. Like let's <laughs> do this. Okay. Let's go through this. It's like improv. And and then it just kind of you know it just went out of control. And for me, the reason why I've said Monique was so so in the wrong is because that's not where it stopped. It so they had that incident um, where she pulled Candace's hair. They got them separated. And then later, Monique went back and tried to run after Candace. Yeah, that was okay. a little dramatic. She went to go try to run back after Candace. All right? So it's like, clearly, we've already separated. It's done. Now you're going in. You're trying to have a round two. And then two or three days later, well, Monique, did you apologize? Are you no. sorry? No, I'm not remorseful. No, I'm not sorry. My drip... Like, girl, but you can't control. Calm but you down. can't control someone else's reaction. So you have calm no down. idea how someone else is going to react. So if she wanted to do a Jackie Joyner cursy across the field to the car, that's her business because you don't, you can't control how she reacts after you've lit the fire. And that's my thing. And that's I think that that is the thing that some of the ladies were getting to at the beginning of this uh-huh. was that Monique, you you can't do that because. You know, at least two, maybe two or three weeks down the road, it's going to be me and you. Right. Are you going to try to lunge at me? Like, w- talk to me about that. Like, how is that? How how are we going to continue? I think Bra- what I think needs to happen with Monique Samuels is that I think she needs to be disciplined by Bravo, by the production company, as they've done with other housewives. Okay, uh-huh. which they've either been demoted, they've been suspended for a number of episodes. That's what needs to happen with Monique and not necessarily this filing of charges and actual legal action. Well, woo chow. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, Mess. what else do you have? Okay, so we started talking about this at the beginning of today's episode. <laughs> Jesus. And just kind of circling back um, <laughs> to Miss Claudia Jordan, okay, um, who's also a housewife at one point in time. She, she was a was. housewife. Um, was it like one season? I think she so. She barely lasted a season. I think she needed that just to get to Fox Soul. Did she get fired or did she leave? I, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, you know, Bravo does this thing of like, they they will let the girls say anything. Basically. They'll be like, oh, I'm, we came to a mutual decision or whatever. But anyway, Claudia Jordan now, in a recent podcast um, called Behind the Velvet Rope with David Yontef, uh, talks about... Her experience with Donald Trump. Why did she wait so long to say anything about this? So this this is the thing. I, because I thought about that too. In this podcast, he brought it up to her about Donald Trump. It wasn't necessarily anything I feel like she was ready to volunteer. Right. right. um, But she, I mean, she had to kind of, she had to talk about it. Um, and she she goes into detail about her time on The Celebrity Apprentice. And so after Housewives, she got, you know, a little bit of notoriety and she went on The Celebrity Apprentice mm-hmm. in which she had some interactions with Donald Trump. She goes on to, chat, talk, to talk about how Donald Trump on multiple occasions tried to actually kiss her um, and tried to, you know, run some game on Claudia. Uh, she said that she, <laughs> <Not> she <running. laughs> right. She said both times she actually 
um, shut it down and said that that was not something um, that she was going to take part in. She t she let him know that he, uh, he was married, okay, um, and that that was just that was that was not going to happen with her, okay. It might happen with some of these other girls, okay, but not necessarily with her. Right. Um. In the in the interview, she talked a little bit about her and before getting onto the show, which was interesting. And so she said, like, in the year leading up to the show... To Celebrity Apprentice. Yes. Okay. That there was actually an interaction between the two of them. What kind of interaction? So she was basically saying that, like, he... That was the first time that he tried to, like... Oh, okay. You know, Push put the moves, moves on her. On. Yeah. Okay? okay? So he tried to put the moves on her at that, and then once she got on the show... She tried um, again. He tried again. So... Very interesting. Um, I didn't think Donald Trump had anything to do with that casting, but it sounds like he definitely did um, and wanted to get her on, uh, get her on the show to see if he could really close the deal. Now, <laughs> Claudia is now part of this long list of women who have accused Donald Trump of sexual assaults. I mean, since the 70s here, okay? We're yeah. talking about since the 70s. Yes. Um, I mean, almost 30 women have come forward with, you know, these detailed accounts of what's going on. Now, the White House has not said anything yet about this. I'm looking to hear what they have to say because I think that that will actually be uh, pretty interesting. Um, because what I'm interested to see is that if the conversation or the comments change because Claudia is a woman of color. Probably. He'll probably call her a monkey or something. And so... Say that she's I, ugly and that so never he's not going to do that as close to this election time. But I do want to see. Okay, I do want to see what is going to be said because I can't remember another time where it was a woman of color making the accusations against Donald Trump and what uh, a woman in the uh, public eye, woman of color in the public eye who's right. making the accusations. And so I do want to see what is going to be said um, from the White House from President Trump or. I, hell, I would even take Melania. What's Melania got to say about this? Melania ain't gonna say nothing but write a book and explain all of it. You know she's leaving him whenever they're out of office. You know she's leaving him. You, you think just, so? Absolutely. I don't think so. Absolutely. What's the point of staying? There's no need to stay. What's the reason to stay? Like you've you've reached the pinnacle of American success. You're the first lady. Like what's what's the re what point know. do you have for staying? We'll see what happens. Woo child. Definitely a woo child moment. Um, Claudia, you, you could have took one for the team right here. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. I'm just kidding. I am it lying. It took me a moment to like register what you just said. I was like, what? I was Wait, like, you could have no. took one for the team right here no. and had us playing. You could have been an inside player. We could have no, no, had no, an no, insider. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Um, okay, I got one last thing okay, go ahead. I want to bring up. Um, and this deals with... Uh, your favorite rapper, I guess, uh, not you, but just whoever's yeah, I was like, listening. what? <laughs> Ice Cube. Um, so Ice Cube is in the news this week for something controversial. For I've been guess, letting Ice Cube have yes. it. Yes. Um, OMG. So I'm just going to read this article. This is from Poor CBS Craig. News. O'Shea Jackson. <laughs> so Poor it says, Craig. Ice Cube is defending his decision to advise President Trump on, quote, the platinum plan. A Trump administration initiative to help black Americans. Ice Cube, whose real name is O'Shea Jackson, received pushback after Trump campaign senior advisor Katrina Pearson revealed that the rapper helped revise the plan. 
Um, I'm going to scroll down a little bit. In a series of tweets, Ice Cube clarified that his meeting with the Trump administration was not an endorsement, but rather an olive branch to discuss his contract with Black America, a series of policies to address racial inequality, including lending and police reform. The rapper noted that he has not yet endorsed a presidential candidate. What do we think about this? So I do think that this... From the Trump campaign, this was something they were ready to jump on. Of course. Anytime that they could have a black celebrity um, do, I mean, anything with them. I mean, Ice Cube probably could have just said hello to Donald Trump, and they would have taken that and spun it into something. Well, no, he confirmed that this No, no, I'm, I'm saying yes, but... Uh, Cuba also talks about that he opened it up to both, you know, to both sides. So this is what he says. He says, black progress is a bipartisan issue. When we created the contract with black America, we, quotes, expected to talk to both sides yeah. of the aisle. Talking truth to power is part of the process. He tweeted Thursday, last Thursday. I will advise anybody on the planet who has the power to help black Americans close the enormous wealth gap, end quote. Here is my thought. If this was so important to the Trump administration, he's been in power for four years. So why now? Why, why now? Like this is something that should have been done. The, the black, um, the, the the wealth gap, the disp- the black disparity in finances has not just happened. No, it hasn't it's been just going happened. On. It hasn't just happened. I think that this is the most opportune time, well, and, quite and, clearly. And furthermore, just because of what's been going on in the community, and also it's time for re-election, and so. Yo, like let's let's put this out here. But uh, yeah, I'm that. But I'm talking on part of like why Ice Cube is involving himself. Furthermore, we've seen time and time again people who have I want to work with the campaign, and then come to find out that they've been played. I had no idea this was gonna happen. I don't. I don't know why they did that. I'm waiting for the oh I got played tweet from him because it's inevitably gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like. This is nothing new. Like, this is a strategy that has been happening. We've seen it time and time again with Chrisette Michelle, with Omarosa, now O'Shea Jackson. And I'm sure I'm forgetting a ton of other people who have wanted to work with the Trump administration to help black Americans. Like, it's not going to happen. They don't care. We've seen this. Like, it's been four years. Nothing has changed. I don't get it. So why? I, I was disappointed. I was like, why are you doing this? Like... And did you even reach out to the Biden camp? Like, they have a whole entire black agenda. He, he said that... Did th- you reach out? He did say that he reached out to both sides and that there was still... He was still waiting to hear back from the Biden camp. And uh, furthermore, I saw a tweet that I also really agreed with. Where were you doing the primaries when Kamala Harris and Cory Booker and them were all here? Why didn't you reach out to them? If you were so gung-ho on wanting to end this wealth gap, O'Shea Jackson, where were you during the primary when you had multiple black candidates ready, why have running you, for president? Why have you transitioned to his full government? Because I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired and I'm irritated. And this is, again, I, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone because it's like people keep making the same dumbass mistakes and it's like, it's not going to change. Nothing's changing. Like, it's a cyclical, it's like, it feels like I'm in a cyclical movement here. It's like, oh, dang it Donald Trump played somebody and then we wait a year and it's like you know what I'm going to try to extend an olive branch because I want to be involved and then it's like six months later it's like the Scooby-Doo gang I wouldn't have gotten away with it if it went for the meddling kids I got played like what's the point what's the point I think the point overall is to um, 
feel like you are doing something and that you are taking a So then actually do something. Right. Right. And I think that maybe this is not the correct way to go about it um, in terms of doing any... I mean, if you you lie down with dogs, you're going to get up with fleas. (laughs) Right? Um, And so this is definitely not the person to use to mobilize anything. Um, Ice Cube has enough resources in the industry, in the world, to kind of take this on. I don't know why he needs the support and the backing of what any administration. What about other black activists out yeah, here? Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, you don't them. need the backing of yeah. any administration. Like, you can make this stuff happen on your own. You've it's been in the game for stupid. long enough yeah. to do it. It's just stupid um, to me. So. Woo, child. Ugh. I'm already, ugh. I'm ready to take a break, child. <laughs> okay, well, let's take a break. And we will be back with our spill segment. Um which we're talking about um, barbershop. So. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. All right. All right, now we are back. Hello. It is time for our spill segment. And this week, Marcus, we are going, we're getting in the chair. Okay. Come on. <laughs> getting in the chair. I'm talking about the barbershop. Okay. In particular, very specifically, the black barbershop. That's yes. what I want to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Um, first thing. Hold first. on. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. Go ahead. Do okay. And this is an honest to god question. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be anything. But do do white people call their barbershops barbershops, or is it just the hair salon? No, they call them barbershops. Even for like white men. Yep. Okay. It's called barbershops. Duly noted. So. Okay. Carry on. Thanks. (laughs) Um, But no, we're talking about the barbershop and what's been really interesting to me and something that I've kind of seen in the last couple of times that I've went to go to my barbershop um, is I just noticed how much the atmosphere is changing. Despite COVID, um, there's definitely some changes and some unfamiliar uh, feelings and vibes when I get into the barbershop now. Um, I think to start this segment, let's take a little trip down memory lane. Do you remember your first barbershop? Yes. Talk to me about it. Tell me a little bit about it. So the experience. I, the experience. I mean, it was. We waited a long ass time. Oh yeah. <laughs> to get, I was. I think it was like a day event because we went. And I think it was because we moved to a new town and we didn't have an appointment. And so it was like we were walk-ins, basically. Ooh, but you had to go get your hair cut with, like, your dad and your brother, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so it was, there like, was three, three of, of y'all. Yes. Yeah, no, so there was three of us. We went, and I swear we sat there for at least three hours. And, oh, yeah. like, in those three hours, obviously, we got our hair cut. But it was just, you know, only a certain people, only certain chairs are taking walk-ins. And if however many people's in front of you, you have to wait for them. And then if people have appointments, you still have to wait on them because you're a walk-in. And then, you know, I got my hair cut. My dad got his hair cut. And then my brother got his hair. We were there. It was just it was a long, long experience. And during that time, obviously, you witnessed a lot of conversations right. that happened in the black barbershop. Oh, yeah. um, most black barbershops are straight male dominated dominated so a lot of the talk were either about women about cars about politics or 
something of that nature. Yeah, I definitely have had a very similar experience. It wasn't my first barbershop experience. Oh, okay. That, I think that that's important to note here. So growing up in small town Kentucky, there weren't... Um, I don't think there was not a black barber shop in right. my hometown. Right. Um, what we had in the next town over was kind of a black hair salon ish, mm-hmm. and my barber was actually white. I've had a white barber before, so he was white, and that's who started cutting my hair as a kid. He was a badass barber. They, I don't know where they found him. Shout out to Jerry Farmer, um, but he could like he could do all the designs back then in the day. Um, it wasn't until I got to Bowling Green. Yeah. That what? That I found a black barber shop. Oh. Yeah. It wasn't until I it wasn't until I was in college that like I had a black full black barber shop and I had the experience that you just described mm-hmm. that I had that experience. Um what is so interesting is that I immediately for all intents and purposes started to code switch we always do right like i started to code switch once i got into that environment i you know i wasn't smiling i kind of had like a mug like a mean mug like on my face you were playing straight you know like basically so because we talked you know you just talked about that environment so like a lot of crazy conversations right it's a very masculine sometimes hyper hyper masculine yeah um, environment it environment and there's a lot of, i mean you know we're talking about sex we're talking about um conversations i remember like porn like porn yeah. stars and like all of these like things but then also don't get me wrong sports politics right you know it wasn't it's, always it's like so it's, yeah. a, it's just definitely a mix of things but starting to code switch that was something that i that i have been holding on to and i still do to some degree to this day once i go into a black barbershop, I, I I start to kind of code switch. Um, and I still do too sometimes. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that started to get me to thinking about this was in the barbershop that I go to now, there, the conversation was to TV and we started talking about P-Valley. And somehow the character of Uncle Clifford came up. Okay. okay. And so I'm, I am, so as soon as I hear Uncle Clifford, I'm not necessarily participating in the conversation, but I'm listening. I start just kind of, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting myself Your ears prepared. Up. Yeah. I'm getting myself prepared for what I, yeah. whatever homophobic, you know, comments that are about to come. And nothing. What did they say? And nothing. I mean, it was more so about how. Of how much more is like how of a like a badass that he was, right? Like of having like everybody in check, and um, they started doing some of his quotes from the show and things like that. And I'm like, okay, when is it coming? When is it coming? Um, and nothing happened. Very surprising to me. I, I started to um, look at the, just look at the um, clientele. Okay. Around. In the barbershop? In the barbershop. Okay. And there's just a, um, how do I say this without <laughs> a, hint of zest, a hint of zestiness Ooh. 
um, <laughs> among among the crowd. It's a wait. It's, what, what does that mean? Like I'm confused. That, okay, so meaning it, it it is definitely a mixed bag in there. You have some very uh, straight presenting you know, hyper-masculine males in there. Are you saying that there were people who might be like DL gay or something not like even, in there? Girl, or not even DL. Gay? Some of the girls were, the girls were in there. Okay. Okay. The girls were in there. Um, and you know, you and I have a mutual friend that you remember. Uh, oh, we'll talk about this off, off the mic, but I want to well, know this. You know, our friend MM uh, okay. or MB. Okay. Uh, MMB. Okay. I, t- I took him to that barbershop. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Who is not the most hyper-masculine presenting person. Right. Right? A like, little more flamboyant, but A little bit okay. more, but, you know. Right. And I was a little Worried. nervous. Yeah. I was a little nervous yeah. because I'm like, he doesn't necessarily, you know, he doesn't code switch it up like I do. Right. He's authentically himself. Uh, 100% all the I time. I love it. And... We got through the haircut, and then he was like, girl, I need to get my eyebrows done. <laughs> and the girl was like, and a girl that was in the shop was like, oh, I can do your eyebrows. And like, put him in the barber's chair to get the eyebrows done. And I, I love was, it. I was taking pictures of it and everything, and I was just like, wow, like, where, where am I at right now? Like, I don't think that this would have happened, you know... 10, 15 years ago. Probably not. I just don't think that that would have happened 10 to 15 years ago. And so I guess what I'm getting to is do you feel barbershops are becoming more inclusive spaces for queer people? I can't answer that because while I would love to have had an experience like what you've had, I've not had that. A lot of the barbershops that I've gone into, I have absolutely played down and done what you've done. And kind of code switched and been a little bit more straight. And even at the barbershop I'm at now, I think it's very interesting because during COVID times, the barbershop I go to now, they're closed on Mondays, but I go and get my haircut on Monday because that's when my barber can safely do it. And okay. so no one's there. But just remembering of times past, I've heard conversations of people talking about gay people. And I'm just oh, sitting yeah. there, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, 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 let me be quiet. And like dragging gay people and like, oh, well, this fag did that. And I'm like, oh. Oh no! I've like, definitely okay. heard that. I've definitely. And you just kind of keep it quiet, and you know, I have some. I have a habit. I like to like cross my legs sometimes, and some. And when I go out in public, and some, especially the spaces like that, I have to kind of like remember, like, okay, keep both feet on the floor. <laughs> Ain't no crossing legs in here, you know, because you don't want to be. I, I don't want to necessarily say that I feel unsafe because obviously I go to the barbershop, so I don't feel unsafe. But I just, you know, sometimes you just don't want to deal with like. What the, I don't want to say consequences, but what the, what the blowback could be. Oh, yeah. And I, I try to, like, stay away from that. And so I think I, it's very little, I, me and my barber, we talk, he knows, he's okay. cool and all that. But, like, other barbers in the shop, I try to keep it very short. Hey, what's up, man? Like, what's up, dog? You know, stuff like that. Try to keep it very trade. <laughs> yeah. Um, But... I have not had. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the. I can't answer that. I don't know. Well, okay. So this is my question. Okay. If you can't answer it, you feel like that they should be more inclusive spaces, right? I don't. I don't even necessarily want to say inclusive. Just it would be nice if there was just let everyone be who they are. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's I that mean, is that inclusive, is a, Marcus. That, so what are you talking about? Well, listen, I guess if we're calling that inclusivity, I would say inclusivity unintentionally. Unintentional inclusivity. So that way, because I think when you think of inclusivity, sometimes it's purposeful, it's intentional. And so you're going out of your way to make people feel included. But what I'm talking about is unintentional inclusivity to where if I'm gay and I come into the shop and I'm gay presenting, who cares? You're there. Boom. What's going on? We may have a show to talk about. We may talk about sports or whatever. And that's just that. I think maybe that's what I'm kind of alluding to a little bit of a little bit more okay. unintentional inclusivity. I, I disagree. Yeah, but I disagree. I think okay. it needs to be very intentional inclusivity. I, no, I agree too. I think that that is where you start. If you in those spaces, that is think about right. Think about how you've been socialized. Right. So being in that black barbershop, who told you? to butch it up who told you to code switch who told the you? environment right right and if we don't want people to fall into that space to grow into that space or think that they have to switch it up then it has to be intentional it has to be a it has to be a conscious effort by the proprietor by the proprietors of the establishment to create this inclusive space so then what i would say is is what do you do because not there are multitudes of gay people. Not every gay person is flamboyant. Not every gay person is strongly masculine. So what do you do with the people who are just, you know, in between? Like, you can't no, tell. No, I think the, that that's fine. But, but what I'm saying is, is, like, for the people that you can't tell are gay, but, like, are out. And, like, for instance, I would think that, you know, a lot of people in our friend group, like, if you were to... Hmm. Okay, I'm not gonna use that. Yeah, example. I was about to say our friend group, girl. <laughs> I'm not no. gonna use that example. No, girl. So just in general, not our friend group. yeah, I saw where I was going. I was like, yeah, that's a no. That's it. but like for people who you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell, the first conversation is not going to be your sexuality, and so therefore, if you're sitting in the chair and you're an out gay person, but you're not gay presenting, and they're talking about things that could be offensive to a gay person, how would they know? This is what I'm going to do. Unless you told them. Right. Unless you told them. Which I don't feel like anyone should. Which you don't should, feel like you have no to. No one should yeah. have to do that. No. no one should have to do that. But what I'm so saying is. So then what is, do you do? How did that inclusivity. So this is how it starts. Okay. Go. This is how it starts. I have all the answers. Come on. Come on. So number one. Stop checking yourself when you go into the barbershop. Fat. Stop checking yourself. Stop trying to. Stop making your stop voices. Stop censoring yourself. Stop, stop making your voices deeper. Correct. Fact. Cross We've your legs if it. you want to cross your legs. Fact. And when those conversations are happening, join the convo. Absolutely. Don't be a bystander. Absolutely. Join the convo. And that, like, it's always been, in, in its truest sense of the form, the barbershop has always been a place of community. A, a place of community, a place where For you can people. kind of come and share your views, your Absolutely. opinions, and talk about those. And in the a, hair salon. In a, in a space that is free, right? And so. Correct. Join the conversation. Don't sit there and censor yourself or quiet yourself so that you can fit into this dichotomy or pass. Correct. For whatever you think you are passing for, which just, I guarantee you, you're not. I'm just thinking of those people who may be intimidated by like the It is intimidating. I'm not going to lie. It's intimidating. Especially, and it's going to be a behavior that you have to unteach yourself and be I mean, comfortable with. i'm what i've been doing it now for over 20 years and so like how can i how can i just take a better inventory of what i'm doing right um and make sure that i am 
um, not not adding to the taboo, right? That's fair. Of um, of of homophobia or or whatever, what have you, um, in in the black barbershop. So that's fair. So I just yeah, I I it's I've definitely thought about it in the last couple of times that I've been at the barbershop. Um, and something that I just feel like is very interesting. What I want to know, and what I think would be interesting to know, is what is the experience of queer women in the black hair salon? And do they have similarities? Is it different? What does that look like? Um, because that is one experience I would love to know more about. You know, for and I'm sure that this is very naive of me and so not true, but I feel like women in the hair salon are a little bit more forgiving or acceptable or accommodating because there are usually gay men already working there. So therefore, they've already been around it and they're already accustomed to it. So if a gay person were to come in, whether it be a a lesbian or a woman who is pansexual or whatever, it's usually already acclimated because there are usually already gay men working in a hair salon. So that's why I feel like that they're a little bit more accepting and a little more accommodating. You I've me personally, I've never met a gay barber. Have you? Um, I've never had a gay barber. I think I've had a gay barber. No, not me. I've never met a gay, but I've I've met plenty of gay hairstylists. Like when I go and get my hair colored, one of the places I go to, they're owned by gay men, and like they're very cop. They're hella. I love them to death. Shout out to Van Cleef. Like love the salon, but I mean I feel like they're a little bit more accommodating and a little bit more accepting than it would be a barbershop. Yeah. I mean, do you disagree? Do you agree? I don't know. I, do, I don't know if they would be more accepting. Maybe of gay men, yes, but of queer women, I don't know. I think just queer people in general. I don't know. I, I don't think that... I don't want to say because I don't know. Okay, so, that's fair. I have a feeling that they wouldn't be. I think just it d- because depends on the salon. I think homophobia is just rampant in the black community. It, absolutely. Um, But... It's definitely something I'm, I, I have been thinking about. Um, this was good because I have, I, I, if you are black and gay, you've been to a barbershop and you know exactly what we're talking about. And so I, this is a good convo because I, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who've had these same and even thoughts. Even if you're not gay, like being an ally and like is very calling important. out that shit too, like very when you important. see it, um, if those conversations are happening and just kind of, you know. Not being afraid to insert yourself in those conversations yeah. either. You don't have to be gay. And correct people. Correct people but when they're it's wrong. It's something I definitely want to do better at. Same. I, so, I do too. I want to so. I want to do a better job of, instead of trying to assimilate to the barbershop culture, provide, do a better job of representing my culture in the barbershop. There you go. I agree. All right. Well, let's go ahead and we're going to take a break. And... Um, We will be back with our signature segment, Fizz or Flat. All righty, welcome back. Uh, That was good conversation. Yeah, really good combo. That's why why they pay me the big bucks. Okay. Okay. The Monopoly money. Bringing the the hard-hitting topics. Play money. Doing doing investigative journalism. (laughs) Well, come on, because you've done some investigative journalism. So let's get into this Fizz or Flat segment. Why don't you lead us off? So, okay, first up, let's talk about the Tony Awards. Um, Just like COVID. Let me pull out my... 
paperwork that I printed off for you. Uh, okay, no, that was once again because I am a journalist. I bring my <laughs> receipts and I share. The, I bring. I share the research. Spell with journalist. Those. So, um, spell but no, journalist. But because of like everything else in the world, COVID has <laughs> COVID has completely fucked all of the award shows up yes. and the tony awards is no exception so earlier uh last week the nominations for the 2020 american theater wing tony awards were released and um announced by james monroe Englehart, who was the genie in aladdin uh. um, so he did the not he did the announcement of the nominations wait, but, wait so was this the same genie that we saw here in chicago no no, no or it was the a different original one, one from it was Broadway. the original gotcha but uh, a very interesting list of Tony nominations that came out. So the Tony Awards is for all of the shows on Broadway. And yeah, as we that. all know, Broadway <laughs> has completely shut down right. due to coronavirus. And so it, it limited um, quite a bit the number of shows that were eligible for Tony Awards. Um, and so what we have here, in my opinion, is a very incomplete list of nominations right so the theater wing got together and tried their best to kind of put together some of the um some of the nominations some some uh award segments are missing like best revival that is not even a part of the nominations this year for the simple fact that there were no revivals that were eligible because of the cutoff date because of of coronavirus. Wait, wait, You'll wait. See no, some it, of these... it is on here. It's Where? at the top. It's just not bold for some reason. It says best revival of a play. Betrayal. Oh, I'm sorry. Best revival of a musical is not a is not on the um is not on the thing. It's oh, not... Okay. So yeah, thank you. So best revival of a musical is not a uh, award okay. uh, category this year. Interesting. Um, because there were no revivals that were eligible. <laughs> um, you'll see some of these nominations have maybe two people in it, three yeah. people in it. One, one the uh, category for best performance by an actor in a leading role in a musical has one nomination, one person nominated. Hold on, I um, see the play, but where's the best performance by a lead actor? Yeah, lead actor in a leading role in a musical, by, Aaron uh, Aaron Tivet for Moulin Rouge, the musical, oh, is the only person that has been nominated yeah. for this. Um, and so it's tough because it's like, Yes, I am celebrating with the number of uh, black and brown artists who have been nominated for these awards, but then also thinking about all of those who didn't get an opportunity to be nominated because of the short season. Right. A um, couple of people I want to shout out really quickly. The entire cast and crew of Tina. Yes, that's um, what I was so going to say. <laughs> so the Tina Turner musical has been nominated for so many, um, including Best Musical, Best yes. Book of a Musical. Yes. Um, it also has best, best performance, best performance by an actress in a leading role in a musical, Adrian Warren, who is my pick um, for that. Uh, best performance by an actor in a featured role, Daniel J. Watts, who I'm really excited for. Um, and a surprising, a very surprising nomination to me uh, that I was ex I was really excited to hear. Best book of a musical, Tina yeah. Turner, the musical, Katori Hall, P Valley's Katori Hall is now nominated. For a Tony. Who, what, did, what did she do in so, Tina? So she wrote the book for, she wrote like the dialogue, she helped write the dialogue. 
for the musical. Wait, um, so who is Corey Katori Hall in P Valley? Katori Hall is the writer creator oh, of yes, P Valley. Yes, yes, yes. Gotcha. So I was like, I was so stunned and surprised to see her name, but I'm very happy for her, excited for her. So Queen, you know, get these accolades, honey. I'm ve- like this. While 2020 might have been a sucky year for a lot of people, she's definitely won 2020. Nice. Um, it's been a really great year for her. So congratulations to her. Congrats. David Allen Greer is nominated. Blair Underwood. Um, Blair Underwood as well. There are a number Audra of... Um, Audra McDonald is nominated for her role. And it gets, and it's not a singing role. Mm-mm. It's in a play. Um, so it's in a play, yes. Yeah, so um, so that's, that's exciting as well. Um, well, I so, mean... I'm just rooting for Tina all the way. I am rooting for Tina, but once again, I don't know how this is going to go. So, I don't either. number one, know that a date has not been set for the Tony Awards. They're probably still trying to figure out how they're going to do this virtually. I think that they are trying to figure out if they will get to a spot where they can actually have the awards in person. I don't think so. Because when you think about virtual, right? Think about the Tony Awards. And the beauty of Broadway is that it is live. And so, how are you going to do a uh, award show that showcases live performances that's about live performance um, in a virtual setting? I just don't know how it's going to work. Do it like you would do the live musicals. There's no audience when you do when you watch the live musicals on TV. So do it right. So, but to that. okay, but think about the number of cast and crew on right. stage and how that right. will be affected. Like, so you would need, I just don't know how need, that that's going to I think you would need to, to do it on a huge sound stage with multiple stages and then have each play, each musical do a number on their stage that would cut down on however many people all together and then have the presenters in a different hall or a different auditorium and record that presenting in a different auditorium and then have all of the performances on the sound stages. Don't you think that would work? Uh, it it could in theory. I think that that I mean, yeah, it sounds like a good idea. I don't know how they're going to do it. Maybe they'll yeah, uh, maybe they'll do it like that. Maybe you want to submit a letter to uh, the Tony Awards. <laughs> I'll get right them some on ideas. it. I'll get uh, right on it. So get you know get in touch with the Broadway League and the American Thanks. Theater Wing and let them know. I sure um, will. But we'll see exactly when this happens. Once again, no date has been set, but congratulations to all the nominees. Yes, fizz for me. Fizz for me as well. Okay, uh, the only thing I have is just I just want to do a quick recap of the Billboard Music Awards that happened uh, last Thursday. Um, pretty interesting. I, you know, I, I, I didn't watch it. I didn't either. I always, as far as award shows go, I am at the point in my life where I only look back at the performances, who performed, okay. who did well, who didn't do well. And honestly, all I can say is that Doja Cat did it like. She, if, if we're talking about live full performance, Doja Cat gave us a full performance. Okay. From beginning to end. It was a cute medley and like the set list for the medley were the three songs were I perfect. I did see that performance. I thought she looked great. Yeah. Um, the songs meshed well together. I think I would have shortened the first song, but outside Juicy. of that, I thought she did well. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to roll over a couple of the winners of the night. Uh, and so top artists went to Post Malone. Post Malone actually swept a lot of these awards at the Billboard this is Awards. Based on, uh, this, Billboard. Is, this is based on sales? Is <laughs> right. it based on sales? Bill- and ranking, Billboard ranking. Like okay. number one ranking and stuff like that. So, I mean, top new artists went to Billie Eilish. Uh, Be- How is she getting new artist awards still? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Does that not strike anybody else's odd? 
So in that category, the baby, Billie Eilish, Lil Nas X, Lizzo, and Roddy Rich were all in that category. Okay. So she was basically the only white person and still won. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Good for her, I guess. Um, Billboard chart achievement went to Harry Styles. Top Wait, male- what? Billboard chart achievement award went to Harry Styles. Uh, okay. Top male artist went to Post Malone. Top female artist went to Billie Eilish. Top group went to Jonas Brothers. Top wow. Billboard 200 artists went to Post Malone. Top Hot 100 artists went to Post Malone. Top streaming song artists went to, you guessed it, Post Malone. <laughs> okay, congratulations. So this was the Post Malone show. Basically, that's what I was saying. Like, he pretty much We swept. didn't need to have an award show then. Uh, top touring artist is Pink. And top R&B artist is Khalid. Uh, top R&B male artist was Khalid, but there's only three people in this category. Chris Brown, Khalid, and The Weeknd. It's interesting because I just, this just reaffirms where I am at with popular music today. Yes. I am just not the... You're not on trend. I am not a connoisseur of today's pop music. Me neither. I have, I don't know when, I don't know when that changed for me, but I have not been an active participant, um in the new music and kind of keeping up with who's like coming out. Uh, the fact that Post Malone, a rapper, um, <laughs> I go back to like Mariah Carey. I didn't even know he sang. I thought he rapped or whatever. But is the fact that he's winning so many awards is like, I couldn't, I could not name you a Post Malone song if my life depended on it. Well, you're going to gag at this top rap artist. Post Malone one. <laughs> I couldn't name a song. Uh, wait, no. Top rap male. So he won top rap artists, and then he also won top rap male. Can you artists. give me a? Can you give me a Post Malone song? Uh, congratulations. I think it's. Oh, one. I do know that. Yeah, I think congratulations. congratulations. And then the one song that was on the Enter the Spider. And not the Best of Williams. Congratulations, no. right? Because that's <laughs> now that is my no. jam. And then the one I really love is the one from the Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, I forget the uh, name of the song. You're left in the dust. And then I stuck by a... Sunflower. That's the name of the song. Sunflower from Post That's the one Post Malone song I will say that I do really like. Um, a couple more things I just wanted to mention. Top rap female artist went to Cardi B. Uh, and then I just wanted to find the top awards of the night. Post Malone, that's who it was. Basically, so yeah, it was a Post Malone show. Uh, I've heard I heard great things about Lizzo's acceptance speech. Oh yeah, um, she had the and vote. her dress. Yeah, that, that was like a vote dress. Um, I heard that she did extremely well. I have heard mixed reviews about Brandy's performance. I have not Same. seen it, um, but excited that she's still out there and still doing things. Like the, I, I'm now at the age that I feel like my parents were, like where they did not watch award shows, but. The whoever was being honored, <laughs> like the old the old head that was being honored, like it was like okay, that's my girl. I'm glad to see right. her. Um, so glad to see that Brandy's still out there making it happen. Um, off the hills of versus. Um, this one's gonna gag you. This is the last one I'm gonna do. Top gospel album. I want you to tell me who you think won. Here are the nominees: Kirk Franklin, Long Live Love, Donald Lawrence and the Tri City Singers, Goshen. William McDowell, The Cry, a, li- a Live Worship Experience, Sunday Service Choir, Jesus is Born, Kanye West, Jesus is King. Who do you I'm think gonna, won? If it, because it's the Billboard, Billboard Awards and it's based on ranking and sales, it's got to be Kanye. It was. Yeah, I th- because it's solely based on numbers. It's not based on like actual quality. 
It's like who's who's whose music is doing the numbers, and that's what this award show is based on. Um, as Lil opposed Nas, to like Grammys and like some right. other ones that kind of speak more a little bit to the artistry. That's true. Lil Nas X picked up some good ones. He got top selling song and then top streaming. Maybe Lil Nas was dressed down. Now I did see his the look. girls. Yes, come on, let's I talk saw, about I it. I saw that because he come like on, posted Prince. and he was like. Not the bad. Not the bad. And I was like, girl, you <laughs> better good. shut it down. Wig and I know that was a wig, but it looked good. It might not have been. It oh, might no, have been a, a piece. That was a wig. It just might have been a little insert. It was <laughs> a little Luther insert. Little Jerry Curl insert. I loved it though. He looks good. Uh all in all, Billboard Awards, it's a flat for me because I just don't watch the award shows like that anymore. But a fizz, I thought Doja had a really good performance. It stole the show of the night. I, I just I don't think that I have the interest to go back and watch any of it. And so it's shouldn't. probably just gonna get a flat for me, but that I'm glad that they were able to do something well, good. Uh, with the Billboard Awards. All right, what else you got? Okay, I wanna talk to this um and speak to um this topic. It's actually gonna bring up a larger topic and I know this episode has ran a little long, but yeah, we are like, running very I feel long. like we need to chat about this. So Coming to America, um two, so the sequel has now been sold to Amazon Prime. Yes, from okay. Paramount Pictures. This, oh, I don't know exactly how, this brings up a larger conversation with me. Um, so, uh, Coming to America is still uh, going to be here, and it's going to be here in uh, 2020. So, it's going to be available on December 18th, um, after it was pushed back, of course, due to COVID. Now, Amazon Prime coughed up $125 million for this movie. Which is a little low. Is it? Honestly. Is it? To me, I don't think so. I think it's a little low. I, and you know what? I disagree. For I don't a movie think, as huge as this? I don't think so. I think I'm like, whoa, you don't even know. I mean, I, th- I think because of the name, like we all are expecting it to be great and it to be, you know, amazing. But we don't know what this movie is going to do, and you don't know what type of traction it's going to bring. But, um, I mean, $125 million so for, here's... For, for this. Now, okay. this, what this brings up to me is a larger conversation. The fact that this movie is not going, it's not going to see theaters. Um, I think that's why they sold it yeah. to Amazon. I, I mean, clearly, right? Like that's yeah. the, that's the reason why. But it's just kind of like it's confirmation that the movie theater industry is like imploding. It is done. It is done. Did you see AMC is renting their theaters out for like ninety nine dollars, hundred dollars a pop? Like I'm about to do this it. is crazy. Like a a, a a industry that I would have thought never would have tanked has been completely. Almost done away with due to this coronavirus. Um, I'm, I'm, I definitely will be watching and excited. And if Amazon Prime is like you have to purchase a extra, I would pay for pass, that. I'm going to be paying for it so yeah, I can watch this I would movie. Pay for that. But it just does. It makes it a larger. It's a larger conversation about how these um, studios and um, these studios are operating, especially these streaming services are operating because Amazon Prime is not the only one. Amazon Prime is definitely stepping the game up when it comes to content and movies. They are having a lot of great movies come on. That Black Box thing that uh, we were talking about a couple episodes ago, Black Box, the one with the, uh, it's like a black sci-fi 
film about the guy whose wife's died. I thought I was uh-uh. talking about I thought I was talking about that with you, but uh-uh, it's I don't so, think so there are there are a number of Is this of the one with Chiwetel Ejiofor in it? I believe so. Okay. The, so I there's a lot of that. there's a lot of these coming. Um Netflix just coughed up a whole bunch of money for this A-list cast that's gonna be coming to one of their movies. I mean, this thing has Leonardo DiCaprio, Meryl oh, Streep. Yeah. Like all was of it these, Don't Look at the Sky or something like that? What's something it like that, yeah. Um it's just a it's for me, it is so mind-boggling to see how these streaming services are kind of taking over and making the best out of this current situation, right? Like, they are able to get movies like this for the low price of $125 <laughs> million, as Marcus puts it. But um, it's just so it's interesting to me how this is imploding. I'm really excited for Coming to America. I'll definitely be there paying my money. If need be, Amazon Prime. I hope you don't come up with no bullshit that makes me have to spend $30. Yes, I'm talking to you, Disney+. Plus. Um, but really excited to see that. So uh, Paramount will continue to start selling these films, like The Trial of the Chicago 7 that went to uh, Netflix. Lovebirds also uh, went to Netflix. Um, some movie without remorse went to Amazon. It's just... This is not... This is not good. For someone who likes to be in the movies. Same. Like who loves going to the movies. Like it's just like dang. Like This is a very pivotal time for the movie theater industry because it's the end of if an we're era. not careful, like they will implode on themselves and like movie theaters will cease to exist because they can't afford to be there. Wow. Yeah, so this is very interesting, but I think Do you give probably, this a fizz or a flat? Uh I what what am I fizzing or flatting? You are fizzing or flatting coming to America being sold on Amazon Prime. That I... It will not be. It's like, Ugh. it's not going to be in the movies. And it, I, uh, part of me is like, yay, like, at least I get it now sooner. But then part of me is like, dang, like, that's an experience that I was yeah. looking for and hoping to have. I think I'm going to give it a flat. Yeah, I'm. this is a flat for me. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a flat just because... This is a big movie, especially for the black community, like for the black culture. Um, Coming to America is like a staple. And so everyone was waiting for the sequel. But I think, I don't know, I don't understand why they just didn't release it in theaters and VOD like they did, like some other people have been doing. Like Tenet was released in specific select theaters, but then also I think it's going to be made available on VOD. I'm not quite sure. This is my question. This is another question that brings it up. Because it's not going to be in theaters right now, does that make it eligible for certain awards? Yeah, because all streaming services, like, I mean, yeah, the Oscars and the Emmys and all of that, yeah, they can still submit. Okay, I thought it had to be, for some reason I thought they had to be in the theaters for at least a period of time i don't think so because remember a marriage story was nominated last year at the oscars with scarlett johansson and but Adam didn't it Driver? have like a limited engagement in the theater i thought that that was know. the thing i thought it was released specifically like on people Netflix. were kind of getting it like oh we're going to release it in the theater for like a week or two weeks oh, and then maybe it was going. i don't know you know i mean especially with all the new rules now at the oscars i don't know that'll be know. something to look into okay Okay, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this show up. We've been talking for a while, but good topics, good conversation. Um, what do you, let's wrap this up. What are you taking away from this week's episode? I'm going back to our spill segment. And in order for us to stay, pun intended, a cut above the rest, okay. we have to start bringing <laughs> okay. our authentic selves into the barbershop. Um, so that's what I'm going to start doing. 
Yeah, I'm, I agree with you. I think mine is going to be, I think this conversation has, again, kind of affirmed that, you know, you have to bring your whole self into any space, regardless of what that space is, and not be intimidated by being your true authentic self. So I agree with that. All right. Well, with that being said, guys, we are in the thick of it. We are in the final quarter of this election. I need everyone to get out there. Number one, educate yourself on um, who's running in your specific areas, who you're going to be voting for. But then most importantly, get out there and vote. Okay, and mobilize other people, too, who might not necessarily have the opportunity. Yes. Think about those people in your family who have maybe issues getting out, having issues with mobility. Make sure that they have a way to the polls or make sure that they're getting their mail in ballots. Figure out a way to mobilize those who might not have the same abilities as you um, and make sure that you're voting. Agreed. Agreed. Um, OK, you guys can find us on. Podcast platforms everywhere. Look for us. Subscribe, share, um, and leave comments. So make sure you take a listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. We're there. Um, you can also find me on all social media at Marcus Drew Steele with an E on the end. Where can they find you? You can find me on um, Twitter and Instagram at Trenton Rashad. Um, the other important thing is, is make sure you're following the podcast. So you can find yes. us at Cold Pop Show on Twitter and on Instagram, Cold Pop Podcast on Facebook. Um, we are also on YouTube. Check out some of our video content there. And if you do have ideas for the show, feel free to DM us um, on any of those platforms. Or you could email us at coldpopshow at gmail.com. Sweet. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. We will catch you guys next week. Enjoy your week. I said week three times in a row. Great. Yeah, your week. <laughs> week. All right. I'll see you guys until next time. Bye. Bye.